right, brother. Psalm 56 again. A lot of titles could be made out of this. I put the believer's tears because we're the ones that cry them. That's what I have. That's what you have. Let me make it the bottle of tears, capital B. I hope we can see that bottle today. Here in Psalm 56, verse 8, David's writing, and he says, Thou tellest my wanderings. You know everything. You're the one that commands my steps. You command everything. Put thou my tears into thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? Are they not in thy book? And I thought, you know, everybody cries. Everybody cries. It might be external. There's tears that fall down. And it, it might be internal. Internal. I don't outwardly cry too much. But sometimes my heart works out so much my eyes sweat. That's what one guy said. <laughs> I ain't crying. My eyes are sweating. Uh-huh. We do. And even if they don't, if we, somebody didn't have tear ducts, somebody just didn't have eyes. We cry. We cry on the inside. Everybody cries. But David cried. And he asked the Lord to put his tears in a bottle. And then he asked a rhetorical question. That's a question that don't need to be answered. The answer is obvious. Are they not in thy book? He said, put thou my tears into thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? This is how we experience it. This is how believers cry. This is the order that it comes to us. This is the way we see it and the way we experience it. Not every human that sheds a tear we all do that. Everybody, everybody cries. But the believer's tears, those that he's sent his word and messengers and wagons of provision <laughs> that we looked at last hour, those that he's done a work in, those that he's drew near, we are experiencing them in this order. I told you a few messages ago when we was looking there at Peter, uh, Peter crying bitterly. He wept bitterly. And the tears do not make it real. A lot of people's cried. Esau cried, Judas cried, a bunch of people cried. Most people have emotional experiences. But if there's a reality, if there's a work of grace in somebody's heart, there's going to be some tears. If there's a true conviction of sin, there's going to be some weeping. Better on this earth than weeping and gnashing of teeth in the, in the eternity to come. It's called salvation here. <laughs> it's the Lord working in somebody. But there's going to be tears, true tears. And the believer's tears are experienced in this order. We cry the tears. We bow to the providence and the provision of the Lord's bottle that he catches them in, that he keeps them in. And that's really the bottle they came from, too. We see that. But how we experience it, we cry. We see the Lord's provision and him pitying us and taking care of us. And then we understand that these tears the Lord made come to pass because he willed it. It's written in his book. These tears I have are on purpose. And we weep and we mourn over sin. And then we go through this experience. The Lord gives it. It's his bottle. It's his tears. It's his will. He wrote in his book, it's purposed. And now we shed tears of joy. He's done this for me. He loves me. He's chastened me. That's all it is. He's a faithful father. A good father. It makes his children mind. And he tells them plainly for their good. And he has to tell us that over and over and over and over again. 
just like we have to tell our children over and over and over again. And we have to be faithful and steadfast because they won't be. He has to be faithful and steadfast because we won't be. That's the order we experience it in. Everyone of the Lord's people, all of them, everybody in general, really, man's days are few and full of trouble, but the children of God, we don't get saved and then we're up on step, we're up on a plane like a boat and everything's smooth sailing from then on. We're either going into a trial, we're in a trial, or we're coming out of a trial. That's this life. God promises that. And the people that's just so... Uh, there's one, another thing about having a good countenance about the Lord's providence, but the people that just have no, no bad things, just that life's just peachy. I worry for them. God said, you're going to have trouble. I'm going to chase my children. If somebody ain't being chastened, I can, I have, either they're going to get it all at once at, the, at some point. you got a big one coming. I don't know. I'm concerned about that. But that's how we experience it. How did this truly take place? How did this truly take place? The Lord purposed David's tears, and the Lord purposes my tears, and if you're his, the Lord purposes your tears. Purposes all the other tears too, but this is talking about the believers. He purposed it. Then he wanted to do it, and what he wants, he gets. That's why he wills it. Don't use that word. He willed it to happen. It's in his book. He wrote it down. It's going to happen. Then he used means in his providence to carry this out and bring it to us. Brought it to come to pass, his will and his purpose. And then, then, from eternity past when he wrote it down, through the means of providence and everything that's ever moved throughout time to bring it to that, a single water molecule comes out of my eye. What did it take for that tear to drop? Everything. Everything. Tears are important. Tears are important. This ain't an ad for Kleenex, okay? This, I hope this is comfort for you and equips you to walk through this world when you're crying. When you're crying. It was good for me. Either we have tears of sadness or we have tears of joy. Have you ever had tears of boredom? I haven't. I was sad because I was bored. But we're either sad or we're happy. And when our tears of sadness, that's when we think the Lord's not near. That's what David said. Right? He wept because he thought the Lord wasn't close to him. He couldn't see him. When we're not looking to him, we can't see him, or we're looking to this world, or we're looking to ourselves, or we're seeing our sin, when that's exposed to us, we weep. Joseph's brothers were tore up. He said, where's my father? They couldn't speak. They were shut up to sin. They were weeping. I guarantee they was crying. And they said, don't let your heart be troubled over that. Don't. It's fine. You, you did this. Don't let it weigh on you. It's all right. But they knew who they were. Rahab was always the harlot, isn't it? That man on the cross still a thief on the cross, isn't it? That's who we are. We know that we're in this body. So he quips us. We either have tears of sadness or tears of joy. And we're looking for something else when we're sad. That's what causes the tears. And then whenever our eyes are turned to him, when we see his providence and his purpose and who he is and where he is and all those things, now we have tears of joy. Those tears change. We begin crying over our sin and we progress. That's a scary word for a lot of people, but it's so. We transition, is that better? We transition from tears of sadness to tears of joy because of his will, because of his bottle. And, 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 and all that's going to, I'm giving you all my points right now, all that's going to culminate in us never shedding a tear again. This is his will, his purpose. This is good. It's for his glory. 
And at the end of it, there'll never be another tear. They'll be wiped away forever. David said in Psalm 6, he goes, I am weary with my groanings. All the night I make my bed to swim. You talk about a sweet psalmist of Israel, poetry. My bed, so he had the first water bed. Why? Because of tears. Tears. He said, I water my couch with tears. The bed wouldn't do no more. Or if you married men, even King David had to sleep on the couch sometimes. He had a reason to cry. He cried in the bed. He cried on the couch. He said, my eyes consume because of grief. It waxeth old because of all mine enemies. All my enemies. I ask you that. He was crying over his enemies. And I ask you that often. Would that be true if he was on a deserted island? Would you be compassed about with enemies if you were all by yourself on an island somewhere? You betcha. Because that's the sin. That's a tra- I mean, there's problems we have, and we grieve over them too. But it's a sin problem. That's where the, the true tears come from. This is true if all my enemies are around me. You know what I listed? Me, myself, and I. That's my three worst enemies. Me, myself, and I. But he says in verse 8, Thou tellest my wanderings. You've commanded all my walking. Because it said the enemies are counting the steps. They're watching my steps. It don't matter if they watch my steps. You're the one that tells. You command my wanderings. And you know all things. You can tell my wanderings where I've been and where I'm going. This is your will. This is your command. He searches the heart. He searches the heart. The almighty, holy God knows the thing of my heart. He knows the thoughts I have. He knows the desires that I have. And he's still gracious to me. I don't know half my thoughts, and the ones I do have scare me. A wandering mind's the most dangerous trip you ever take. The Lord looks on our, our hearts. He looks on the mind. He knows your thoughts. Not your squeaky clean outside persona you put on. When you're all by yourself, when you close your eyes and you're alone with your thoughts, he knows it. And he's still merciful and gracious to the people. Who's got a God like our God? <laughs> there ain't one like him. Oh. David, that's what he was concerned about. He said in Psalm 51, I acknowledge my transgression. My sin is ever before me. He says, against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and clear when thou judgest. Guilty. Guilty. That brings sorrow. If God ever shows you you're a sinner, you're going to cry about it. You're going to moan. You're going to shave your head and rinse your clothes. And, ah! You're in trouble. <laughs> this is real trouble. This ain't trouble on a book and a piece of paper. This is here. Pound on your chest where the trouble is. God be merciful to me to sinner. That's what you cry out. There'll be some tears involved. Psalm 42, 3, David said, My tears have beat, been my meat day and night. That seems like that's all I'm eating on. While they continually say unto me, these tears say, where is thy God? You ever done that after the Lord saved you? And you're like, how can he be doing this to me? Oh, Lord, where are you in this trial? What are you showing me? What are you teaching me? Ah, I don't see you. So the tears cry out to me. I gave that handout of uh, Brother Spurgeon's right up on Psalm 42.9. Why go mourning? <laughs> Why we do this? David's praying to the Lord for him to have pity on these tears. Lord, you sent these tears. Have pity on them. And the Lord has. He has. Verse 8. Thou tellest my wanderings. Put thou my tears into thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? Over in Malachi 3 we read, 
Then they are then they that fear the Lord spake after often one to another. And the Lord hearkened, and he heard it. Brethren are talking together, and God listened. Well, it'd be yay, yay, nay, and nay, huh? Lord listened. And he heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord, and that thought upon his name. Those that considered him. He has a book of remembrance. Is he writing this down after the fact? He's not a scribe, is he? No, that's just so we could understand it. This was written before time. This is his will. And, and the hairs of our head, we quote that often, don't we? The hairs of your head are numbered. How sweet and nice. When was the last time you had a hair fall out? You pay attention? Over time we do. I'm starting to gotta comb my hair a little different way. I'm getting a little thin. When's the last time we paid attention to hair grew? It goes so slow we don't pay attention, do we? The Lord numbers those. Do you remember your tears? Well, you pay attention when tears are falling, don't you? We pay attention to those. And the Lord condescends from his throne on glory to be attentive to each and every one of those droplets of water that come out of our eyes. What a thought. What a thought. Our king has numbered them. What a thought. We'll cry when we have a need. When the Lord gives us a new heart and he convicts us of sin, he reveals himself to us and we will cry out for mercy with tears, with tears. Turn over to Mark chapter 9. I thought this was interesting. Mark chapter 9. Verse 17. Mark 9, 17. And one of the multitude, one of many, answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth, and gnasheth with the teeth, and pineth away. And I spake unto thy disciples that they should cast him out, cast out this demon. And they could not. They couldn't do it. And he answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? What did this man do? He had a son that was possessed and he took it to one of the disciples or the apostles or something, one of the Lord's people, and said, here, solve this problem. He didn't take it to the Lord. The Lord's right there. I appreciate people ask me to pray for them. I want you to pray for me, and that's good. I can't do nothing different than anybody else can. If I ain't there, ask Trevor to pray for you. Ask somebody else to pray for you. That's fine. I don't have something special. Go to the Lord with it. I'll pray with you. Go to the Lord with it. Take it to the Lord. He said, oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? Right here I'm standing. And how long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. You want good advice? Take it to the Lord. Go to Christ. Go to Christ. I asked my pastor recently. I said, I got a situation come up. I don't, I don't, even, know, I don't even know what to do. <laughs> I'm pretty equipped. I handle a lot of different stuff. But I just, I'm speechless. I have no idea. He said, ask the Lord. <laughs> That's so simple. That's a faithful pastor is what it is. I got a good one. I'm thankful for it. Ask him. 
He said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him. Isn't that what happened when Joseph commanded things and his brethren went? See a pattern? This was God speaking. And they brought him unto him. And when they saw, when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him and fell on the ground. He wallowed in foam. And he asked his father, while this one was suffering right in front of him, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said of a child. And oft times I've cast him in the fire and into the waters and to destroy him. If thou canst do anything, if you can do anything at all, have compassion on us. Compassion. He didn't say make my son stop foaming at the mouth. He didn't say cure my son of the cancer that's inside of his brain. He didn't say do this and do that and do this. He said have compassion and help. You're faithful to help in time of need. We're in need. Help. Have compassion on us. And Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Can you believe? And straightway the father of the child cried out, What's it say next? And said with tears. Luke verse 24. Look with me. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears. Where did them tears come from? Way ahead of myself. The Lord purposed those tears throughout time. He had them in a bottle and he let them go and he caught them and he put it down here on this piece of paper so we can read 2,000 years later. Purposed tears. He cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried. Well, that spirit cried too. So did Jewish and Esau and everything else, didn't they? We all cried. And rent him sore and came out of him. And he was as one dead insomuch that many said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. He arose. Those are tears of necessity, isn't it? Cry with tears. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. You, you've made me and gave me the tears to cry to you. And I don't even know what to cry for. Help my unbelief. David said that in Psalm 116. You have delivered my soul from death. You've delivered mine eyes from tears. And you've delivered my feet from falling. Lord delivers in those things too. Turn over to Psalm 126. This is a good thing. It's a good thing to cry. I don't know if real men cry. I know men of God cry. Psalm 126. Verse 5. There's a whole lot in this psalm. I'll try to be brief on it. Psalm 126, verse 5. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. I don't say they most likely, they got a 95% chance of reaping joy. No, shall. Those that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing bringing his sheaves with him. Talk about bringing in the sheaves. Well, it's only those, this is only speaking of those up in verse 1, says they're turned from their captivity. That's the ones that sow in tears. Those that's been saved, those that the Lord has turned from their captivity, brought us out of our bondage. The purpose tears from the Lord's bottle. That's a great thing, it says in verse 3. 
That's a good thing. Why is this happening? It's good. Now, I'm the big, mean, austere older brother to tell you that. It's good. <laughs> I hope I'm tender when I do that. It's good. It's good. Look at verse 3. The Lord hath done great things for us. Well, you're, you're about to sow in tears. Yeah, we're about to reap in joy. He's done it. This is good. It's good. What great things did Christ do for us? We have these tears. We have tears of guilt. We have tears of fear. And we have tears of all these other things. But we're going to have tears of joy. We're going to reap in tears, and then we're going to reap joy, or uh, sow in tears, and we're going to reap joy. Why? Instead of being sad looking at ourselves, we're going to look to him. Now turn over there in Hebrews 5. Here's what's written, the purposed, the willed tears of the Lord, and here is the bottle that they're put in. The Lord wrote them in his book, but he said, catch them in your bottle. Hebrews 5, verse 7, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, says, who in the days of his flesh, that's when he walked this earth, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears. He made our tears his own tears. He made our tears his own tears. He's the bottle. You get that? All those tears I experience, tears of grief, tears of shame, tears of whatever, of guilt, he bore it. The Father put that into Christ, and he bore it for us. In days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications and strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. He honored the Father in all things because of who he was. He bore those tears, that crying, and was heard. How do we know? We got an empty tomb. He's risen. Well, Joseph's brethren tell, tell all of Israel, the whole of Israel, he's alive. He's on his throne. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek. This is our Melchizedek. He's the bottle. He's the bottle. The Lord Jesus Christ took our tears. It was purposed before time given to us to cry out and, and, and see our shame and our guilt and our wondering and our unbelief we need so much help with. We cry with tears over. And he took that. He was the bottle it was put in because this was what was written before, according to the scriptures. He bore that and, and was received and was heard by the Father because he honored the Father. What comes after that? Then what? <laughs> What's to come? Revelation 21. Revelation 21. Does any sadness start turning to joy? Old Brother Paul says, anybody? Does that, does that frown turn upside down? Revelation 21, verse 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, 
coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, there shall be no more sorrow, no crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. All that's put away. You know, that's a privilege right now to comfort somebody. Don't fumble the opportunity, right? It's a privilege to comfort our brethren that mourn and are sad. When we're in glory, you ain't going to have the opportunity. That'll never happen again. It'll never happen again to be with one that, that couldn't make it to services on Sunday morning because they're in so much pain or whatever. It'll, it'll never happen again that you have the opportunity to comfort them because we'll be with the great comforter. All tears will be put away because he bore them in his body on a tree. That's a good thing, isn't it? Does that make us cry a little tears of joy now? That's, you know how good that is to, to hear? And he that, verse 5, And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. <laughs> Christ told John, write this down. Now go tell them. <laughs> word for word, tell them all the words I said. Isn't that from last hour too. Now when our eyes are turned from ourselves, we're weeping tears of pain and shame and guilt and sorrow and woe is me and everything else. When our eyes are turned from ourselves and our pain and our sin and our suffering, and they're turned to Christ, who bore our sin, bore our shame, he suffered for us and died. That who bottled our tears and wrote about them, purposed it, wrote about it. Then we have tears of joy, don't we? Tears of joy. I don't want to be some cold, stoic, a hyper Calvinist. I've been called since I was a little tiny kid. Y'all, the frozen chosen and everything else. I've had a lot of nasty names that weren't true. I know a lot of nasty names that called me as true. A lot of nasty names that weren't true. I'd go look it up. I'm not saying be cold and stern and mm, Lord's doing this. When a trial comes, when the pain comes, when the suffering comes, cry. Cry. We, we, we don't murmur, but we groan, don't we? We groan. Uh, believers throughout these scriptures have. David did. He wet his couch. Job shaved his head and rent his clothes. Many of them cry. But remember, Remember, next time you cry, write it on your Kleenex box. Put you a sticky note. Those tears are purposed by God to see Christ who bore your tears, bore your sin, bore your shame. And these tears will reap joy he promised. I can't say it to everybody, but I can say it to whoever he is. He promised. He promised. Hmm. Ask him to show you Christ in the trial. I'll put that article I wrote there in the bulletin again. I went to write it, and then I realized I wrote it back in May. Uh, whenever a trial comes, I don't just take the beating and go. And I've learned over the years to ask early and ask often, Lord, what are you teaching me in this trial? <laughs> I know I'm going to see Christ in it, or I'm going to see my guilt, my unbelief. I'm going to see something in it. Show me. Teach me. And right there, uh, you can breathe just a little bit, and your eyes open up. So I, I'm, I'm crying. 
What did he promise? Show me your promises. Oh, he promised to wipe all tears away. Why? Because Christ bore my tears in himself. He purposed these tears. This is for my good and his glory. Amen. I pray you can remember that. The next time a tear falls, I pray I can remember that. Next time a tear falls. All right. Brother Mike.